is the WTF Bach Podcast. The podcast about Johann Sebastian Bach, brought to you by his prodigal son, WTF Bach. Join WTF Bach as he guides your mind through a contrapuntal journey. Why don't you let WTF Bach guide you? And now, here's WTF Bach. WTF Bach, Bach in your neighborhood, talking about the Goldberg Variations Canons, that is the 14 additional canons penned on the back of Bach's personal copy on his print of the Goldberg Variations. If you're just joining us, you probably want to listen to the episode one before the last where I introduced these ideas to you. But to quickly recapitulate the ground we covered, Bach had the Goldberg Variations engraved on copper plates as he did with a few other works he esteemed highly. And he himself had in his possession a printed version of one of these engravings. I didn't actually go into that last time, what it means to engrave something. So I've included in this episode description a link to what engraving is. It's a link from the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Check it out if you are curious to see how printing, music printing in Bach's time was done. But essentially some very skilled craftsperson, in this case a man whom Bach trusted named Balthazar Schmitz, S-C-H-M-I-D-S, he carves in a mirror image, the reverse, you know, the mirror image of the music. He carves with a steel tool into a copper plate the music. This is very fine work indeed. And once these plates are engraved, he then rubs the plates with ink and the ink falls into the engravings and then paper and then you press the paper and voila, you've got an early form of printing music and it allows for copies to be quickly made. Now Bach had one of these copies and on it, because for Bach, music is never finished. It's organic, it's still living, it's still changing. On his own copy, he pens We don't have to call them corrections, but he pens amendments, these further little details. They included some accidentals, some tempo markings, some ornaments. Since Bach's giant brain was hard at work all the time on the back of this giant work, this Goldberg Variations, which lasts, you know, depending on how quickly you play it, over an hour, close to two hours, he pens on the back of all that music 14 canons. 14 because if A equals 1 and B equals 2 and C equals 3, etc., B plus A plus C plus H equals 14. Now, the canons themselves are based on the bass line. Those are the first eight notes of the bass line of the Goldberg Variations, on really which the entire work is based. Again, listen to the episode before last, where I discussed the first four of these 14 canons because he found four ways to turn just those eight notes into four unique canons. And now here in this episode, we are going into canons five, six, seven, eight, and nine. OMG, what's the WTF going to be doing today? Guiding your mind through a contrapuntal journey. Wow, wow, that's fabulous. So you've just come across this very crammed piece of music paper with Bach's writing all over it. You see this fifth canon, and what does Bach write on it? Again, the link, the autograph score, I will put in the episode description so you could see this piece of paper. He writes, number five, canon duplex a four. Okay, so that means that there will be two canons going on, forming four voices, canon duplex a four. That's convenient because Bach has given us two lines. One line, as I mentioned, is the bass line that we saw in the previous canons. But here we get our first appearance of a unique line of music. 
and there are repeat signs, so you could play these lines forever and ever. And if I combine my left hand, we see that we've got the unique line of music with the bass line. Now that's all Bach has on the page. On the page it takes up maybe, maybe four inches of space. So how does one go about solving this particular canon? What clues does Bach give us? Bach wants us to figure out how these two lines can multiply and make more music from just these little cells. Now the bass line we've seen combined with itself in canons one through four, so we know that this bass line is going to have one of those solutions. And he writes what look like little X's or little percentage signs on exactly where he wants the answer to come in. So he says right here, that's where the answer comes in. So we have to figure this out and we realize that the bass line will probably have this inverted shape on top of it. Now again, that's already one of the canons one through four, so what do we do about this shape? Right here on that F sharp is where the answer is supposed to come in. So we think, well, how can I put this same shape on that answer? If we try it on the same note, in other words, on G, this is what happens. It just, there's too many dissonances there, especially the, the very beginning. Bach doesn't allow this, so we think, well, we could try and move it around a bit. Maybe make the answer come up. I mean, this sounds okay, it doesn't really sound, let's, let's try uh, just a random note, maybe the, maybe a fifth down. It's really not sounding good. Through trial and error, also because this bass line, perhaps, contains some sort of inversion. Maybe this too contains an inversion. And in fact, and indeed, this shape will invert to this shape. And together it sounds like this. So that's actually very nice, it's a very eloquent solution, and because it's a bit difficult to play all four of these lines with just two hands, here is the solution in MIDI so you can hear everything. That's the original bass line, and now here comes the answer. We got two of the four lines. That's the unique line brought in. You guys ready? Ready for the answer? Should I drop the answer? Fourth line, drop it. Canon six, Bach writes on the page, Canon simplex über bestätiges fundamental. 
Überbestätiges Fundament means over the stated fundamental base. That simply means over the baseline we've had. And canon simplex means that it's a single canon. Both lines, because there are only, again, two lines on the page, both lines are not going to form counterpoint. Only one line is going to combine with itself to form counterpoint. Well, which one? Again, Bach has that percentage sign, that X-looking thing on the page that shows you which line exactly he intends to form with itself to form a canon. And it happens to be the top line. Now, the top line is this. and so on and so on and so on and if I add the bass that's all Bach has on the page so we think how are we going to combine this line Again, the solution involves another inversion. That shape inverted is... And if I play them together, inverted, at the moment that Bach wants the answer to come in, we have... Answer. it in MIDI so that you can hear the combination of the three voices here, bass in the middle speaker, and either answer on either side. This is the unique line. Again, Bach only writes these two voices on the page. And here comes the solution. I will talk more in detail about the 6th and 8th and 11th of these 14 canons in a further episode where I'm going to go really deep in them, but I'm just showing you now essentially how they're formed. Now, canon 7, he writes similarly. In, in other words, basically the same idea. We've got uh, a canon in three voices over this bass line. The bass line will not combine with itself to make another canon. And the unique line Bach pens here is this. So he loops it, etc., etc., forever, forever. Okay, but the difference here is that the answer will come only after one quarter note. In the previous two canons, six and five, the answer came halfway through. Just to show you, here's canon five. That's halfway. And canon six. Here's halfway and the answer. 
But here we have the music closely followed at the quarter note. So instead of halfway through the strip of music, we have simply one. What is this line that I'm playing here in my left hand? It's the inversion of the original line of music. So we can tell by the um, we, we can tell by the shape of this. There we have a perfect fifth going up, and then this big jump of the tenth. So we jump a fifth up and then a tenth down. So then in inversion, we will have a fifth down and a tenth up. So here we have fifth down and then the tenth up. And I'm just noticing this actually. Those, those notes right there are the bass line, of course, in diminution. Diminution, diminution, that's not a word. That's what Bach gives us on the page, but now if I'm to play them all together, which I don't know if I can do with two hands. That's actually quite, quite beautiful music. Okay, now here's MIDI. This is the unique line. Notice I didn't start with the bass line. Here's the bass line. And this can just follow closely at the quarter. That'd be the answer. Now let's hear it. Now Canon 8 is very impressive because it appears to be not in G major, but sort of in the relative minor of G major, which is E minor. And the, the bass is no longer the bass, but it's in the middle. So Bach writes canon simplex, single canon, il soggetto in alto, the subject in the alto, so now in the middle. So instead of something like this, sort of convertible of that. The top comes down, so we've got... Or I can even play that higher. So, isn't that interesting? It ends like this on E and G as if it's suggesting E minor. So this is right on the halfway point, 14. This is sort of the second half. And in the second half of these canons, he says, we're no, we're no longer in G major, are we? we? We could just switch the mode and go into E minor. Very interesting sounding music. And of course, like the previous canons, five, six, seven, we are going to invert this unique line and it sounds like this answer 
right? So that's, that's, that's already sounding very different. Now, if we are to combine that, actually combines quite nicely in two hands but there you've got uh, that's that's very interesting the bass line is no longer the bass it's the middle and you have these chromatic subjects working their way out from each other and now canon 9 is actually quite simple he says canon in unisonio post semifusam a tre voci so he's writing in latin he says it's a unison canon post semifusam is a very fancy way of saying at the 16th note and canon in unison implies that we're no longer in inversion so the original line of music that bach writes is this And again, it won't, it won't be inverted. It won't, won't be anything like good. It's just going to be the same thing. But a 16th note apart, so... I mean, it's very hard to do right with one hand, but it sounds sort of something like... You know, I'm trying to do kind of like a loop pedal with, with one hand, but I actually can do a loop pedal here. So I'm going to play this very mechanically. And now I'm going to loop it. Here we have the loop together playing at the same time. I'm going to slightly separate it so that we'll hear the 32nd note difference. This is now apart by the 32nd note or something like that. And now here's the 16th note. This is actually what Bach wanted here. And I'll sing the bass line now. episode out like this. More candles to come. 10 through 14. Next time. I didn't forget about Josh Rifkin. Josh Rifkin. There's our audio. What happened to our interview's audio? Thank you, thank you for listening.
WTF You are listening Bach. to WTF Bach. We appreciate you listening. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for listening to the WTF, WTF Bach podcast.